This is Religion and Theology, a podcast from the Center for Theology and Religious Studies. During the spring semester of 2019, CTR and the Center of European Studies at Lund University hosted a lecture series and seminar series under the name The Many Guises of European Catholicism. This episode is the sixth lecture out of that series. And this lecture is given by Giada Ragone and Luca Pietro Banoni of Milan University under the rubric Separation between State and Church in Italy, the Constitutional Framework and the Crucifixion Case. And I now hand over the word to Professor Stefan Borja Hammar of CTR, who will give some introductory remarks to the lecture. So good evening everybody. Uh, I have the pleasure of introducing tonight uh, two young colleagues from Milan, Giada uh, Ragone and Luca Pietro Vanoni. Um, if they want to present themselves any more than that, I think they must do so themselves. I don't know them very well yet, <laughs> but you are very, very welcome uh, to Lund University, and we look forward to learning more about your topic. Uh, I think these questions concerning um, religious freedom uh, and the modern secular state, pluralism, uh, status of religion in, in uh, modern uh, Western uh, pluralistic uh, states, all these questions are very important and, and very interesting and uh, what you're going to tell us now I think will give us new insights into how things work in uh, well you have a test case from from Italy I think which is we've heard about but uh, which we'll want to know more about so please thank you in the lecture in constitutional law uh, while Luca Vanoni is professor of public comparative law uh, we studied uh, uh, these issues uh, also together uh, from a few years. One time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, ask everything if uh, our presentation is not clear in any part. Don't be shy. Ask whatever you prefer. So, um, in order to uh, talk about the separation of, uh, between state and church in Italy, we would like uh, to uh, follow this scheme. First of all, we will provide uh, some knowledge about the historical roots of the Catholic Church in Italy. Uh, then we will see how these roots are mirrored uh, in our Republican Constitution, the one of 1948, the one which is still in force in Italy. Uh, and we will see how uh, the Lachita principle, which is the principle that describes the relationship between church and state in Italy, uh, was born within the Constitutional Court's case law. And then we will have a, a deep focus on this case, uh, which is a very famous case, the case of the display of crucifix in public schools. And then we will arrive to our conclusion. Well, first of all, uh, we might remember uh, that uh, the Roman Catholic Pope 
started exerting his temporal power or region positioned within the Italian borders in the 8th century after the Carolingian donation. In this map, you can see how big was his reign in 1847. This state covered part of the uh, present uh, uh, Tuscany, but also Umbria and also Emilia-Romagna. And the Papal State lasted uh, through all the modern history uh, until the end of the 19th century. This map is exactly from the 19th century. And uh, as it is well known, the 19th century is very important because uh, uh, it is the century that saw uh, the birth of the Italian state. Uh, indeed, the Italian unification uh, was uh, in 1861. And as you see uh, in this map, uh, the, 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 the papal state, the yellow one, a uh, few years before the unification uh, of, the, of Italy, divided the Italian boot into two parts. In the north, we have the kingdoms of the north, and above all, the kingdom of Sardinia and Piemonte. And in the south, uh, we had uh, the reign of the two Sicilies. Please keep in mind this image during this presentation for two reasons. First of all, it shows that the papal state was uh, an obstacle, a physical obstacle to the unification uh, of, uh, uh, of the Italian uh, boot. And also because it clearly shows uh, that few years before the unification of Italy, uh, the country was a mishmash uh, of different kingdoms, that means different populations, different languages and different relationship with the other European monarchies. So this map is very important for what I'm going to say. Well, in 1848, uh, Charles Albert of Sardinia, Sardinia was that reign, this one, um, considered a constitution, the so-called Albertan Statute, to the Kingdom of Sardinia. And it is important because few uh, years later, this constitution became the constitution of the Kingdom of Italy, and it remained in force uh, until 1948, uh, when it was overcome by the Republican Constitution. And under Article 1 of this constitution, Roman Catholic religion was the official religion of the state. So uh, this was a confessional state. But according to Giovanni Bonetti, who is one of the most prominent um, Italian scholar for uh, constitutional and public comparative law, uh, and I quote, the clause was soon interpreted as having only validity for ceremonial purposes and the subsequent political developments generated by the forceful unification of the country brought about, almost contradicting that close, all but peaceful relationship between state and church. 
Um, and it is in this period of bitter clash uh, between Italian politicians and Papal State that we have the first rules governing the display uh, of the crucifix in classroom. And you should ask why? But uh, in order to answer this question, I have to add that together with the display uh, of, the, of the crucifix, it was mandatory display of the flag and of the portrait uh, of, the, of the king. Um, this is why, why? Because we are just two years before the unification of Italy uh, and in the uh, Italian politician's idea, there was the need to find uh, a common ground, a common element shared by all the population living in the Italian soil. And for sure, one of the main elements shared by all this population was the Catholic faith. Uh, during the, the period of the Italian uh, unification, one of the most uh, famous motto was uh, once we will build Italy, we will have to build Italians. So it means we will have to build a national identity. And uh, so in a sense, in that period, we had this paradox. On the one hand, the Catholic Church as a state um, was seen as an enemy of the unification of Italy. But on the other hand, the Catholic faith of the people was seen as a mean to reach the unification of the country. And it is under this paradox that you should read the, that on the one hand, we had mandatory display of crucifix in public schools. But on the other hand, we had bitter actions of the state against the, the Catholic Church and vice versa. For example, we had in uh, um, uh, 1870 the breach of Porta Pia, which was the capture of Rome. And with the capture of Rome, we have the final defeat of the Papal State. And then in 1861, uh, the, the Parliament uh, of the newborn Italian reign enacted the so-called law uh, of warranties. And according to this law, uh, the, the Pope was deprived of his land and of his sovereignty over uh, them, but also uh, the, 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 the state confiscated uh, the properties belonging to religious orders uh, it denied them an illegal recognition. It limited uh, uh, the right of the Catholics uh, uh, to, um, to set up their own schools uh, and uh, of Christ to teach in state schools. And all these provisions remain in force until uh, 1929. Um, and on the other side, the, the, the church reacted uh, with the non expedit, uh, which is a, a decree by Pope Pio IX, uh, under which Catholics were forbidden from participating in the political life of Italy. According to historians, uh, albeit these limitations to the uh, religious orders, uh, 
uh, in this long period after the fall of the papal state and before uh, 1929, the principle that inspired uh, the relationship between state and church in Italy was Cavour motto for a free church in a free state. But for sure, this doesn't mean that the relationship between these two entities were good. Uh, the beginning of the 20th century uh, brought a mitigation of the clash between church and Italian state. For example, uh, Paul Benedict XV uh, withdrew the non-expedit. Uh, and then uh, we, uh, we had the uh, so-called uh, Gentile reform, which was uh, a fascist reform of the public school that stated that mandatory teaching of the Catholic religion uh, had to be uh, done within the schools and soon after the uh, Gentile reform, two decrees uh, echoed uh, the regulation on the display of the crucifix uh, of um, 1859. Uh, these two acts, these two decrees are currently in force in Italy and they currently impose the display of the crucifix in primary and secondary school, not at the high school. Two brief remarks about these two decrees. First of all, um, under the Italian classification of the sources of the law, uh, they are considered secondary uh, sources of the law. This is important because it means that they uh, can't be challenge before our constitutional court because our the jurisdiction of our constitutional court is just on primary sources of the law uh, this is the reason why uh, we uh, our constitutional court never stated about the constitutionality of the mandatory display of the crucifix the second uh, interesting thing uh, thing about this to decree uh, is that uh, it is true that uh, it was a period of mitigation uh, in the relationship between state and church, but you don't have to think that uh, the fascist regime was uh, uh, just um, in, the in a good feeling with the Catholic Church. It was uh, also uh, uh, an element of the fascist propaganda. Why? Because as it happened after the unification of the country, here again, the crucifix was used as a means to reinforce the Italian identity. And in this period, the need to reinforce the Italian identity was very strong. And also the recall of our great past with the Holy Roman Emperor and so forth. Then, uh, in 1929, uh, uh, we had the signature of the Lateran Treaty, that is a pact between the Pope and the, the Italian government, according to which the papacy recognized the Italian state, while Italy, in return, uh, recognized papal sovereignty uh, over Vatican City. It also recognized indemnity for the properties confiscated to religious orders. It stated the removal of all legal disabilities against religious orders and it provided also privilege to the Catholic Church. Uh, for example, the recognition of religious marriage 
but also the possibility to teach religion in public schools. The Lateran Treaty was then confirmed uh, by the Italian Republican Constitutional, but under the Italian Republican Constitutional, Italy became a non-confessional state. Of course, it doesn't matter that traces, hints uh, of this particular state uh, history uh, with the Catholic Church are not present uh, in our constitution. And let's see them. First of all, we have to focus uh, on the fact that the relationship between the Italian state and the Catholic Church is uh, mm, provided by a specific article, which is on Article 7, while the relationship between the Italian state and all the other churches is regulated by Article 8. Uh, under Article 7, the state and the Catholic Church are independent and sovereign, each within its own sphere. Their relations are regulated by the Lateran Pacts, amendments to such pacts which are accepted by both parties shall not require the procurement of constitutional amendments. It means that if both Italy and the, uh, and the Catholic Church want to uh, change the, uh, the, the Lateran Treaty, they can do it. But if Italy alone want to amend the Lateran Treaty and the Catholic Church uh, disagrees, then Italy has to uh, resort to uh, the constitutional amendment procedure, which is a very uh, protective procedure uh, for, uh, for change law. And this, this is the main difference with Article 8. Under Article 8, all religious denominations are equally free before the law, Denomination other than Catholicism have the right to self-organization according to their own status, provided these do not conflict with Italian law. Their relations with the state are regulated by law based on agreements with their respective representatives. This means that the relationship between the Italian state and these other uh, churches can be amended and regulated by ordinary law. So, uh, if we stop here, we should say that there is a difference, or more differences between the Catholic Church and other churches before the state. But I have to add that uh, uh, Article 7 and Article 8 must be read in combination with other articles of our Constitution, and above all, Article 3 and Article um, 19, according to Article 3, uh, all citizens are equal before the law without distinction of religion. And under Article 19, anyone is entitled to freely profess their religious belief in any form, individually or with others, and to promote them and to celebrate rites in public or private, provided they are not offensive to public morality. Uh, it means that um, even if churches are not in the same position before uh, the state, uh, believers are equally free for, uh, before the state uh, and to profess their religion in the same way. 
Well, another peculiarity of our uh, constitution, due to its Catholic uh, and religious roots, is that it does not contain any sort of establishment clause, nor any reference to the principle of laicità. Some members of the Constitutional uh, Assembly rejected the explicit reference to this principle because uh, it sounded hostile to religion due to its, its uh, French pedigree. Uh, for example, according to Giorgio Lapira, uh, who was uh, uh, a Catholic framer, uh, since the human being has an innate religious uh, uh, orientation, uh, which inevitably must be expressed in religious communities, a separate state, we would say in Italian, stato laico, uh, cannot exist. Well, the unspoken principle of laicità uh, has been, however, developed within our um, constitutional case law. Um, the first uh, uh, decision uh, referring to the laicità principle uh, was decision 203 of 1989 uh, and uh, this decision introduced a brand new idea of laicità that once again uh, uh, in our opinion mirrors the Italian peculiarity. Indeed, according to this judgment, the principle that can be uh, described as the sum of some fundamental constitutional values, uh, such as religious freedom, pluralism, and so forth, does not imply indifference to uh, religions, but the state guarantee for the protection of freedom of religion under religious and cultural pluralism. It is important because, again, we have this uh, distance from the idea that state must be neutral in the sense that religion should not have a space in the state. The case at the origin of this judgment regarding the teaching uh, of the Catholic religion in public schools uh, and under the light of the Leicester principle, uh, the, Constitution, the Constitutional Court declared the constitutional compatibility of this practice because now it is optional, it is not mandatory for all pupils. And uh, uh, as we can see, uh, the principle described uh, by the Constitutional Court with this judgment uh, preserves space uh, uh, for religion in the public sphere. However, afterwards, um, it has been observed that uh, within the Italian case law, constitutional, but not only, uh, the idea of laicità uh, has found various definitions um, according to the field, the object, uh, and the judgments. The Italian courts uh, defined uh, laicità as a synonym of equidistance among faiths, impartiality, not indifference, and even neutrality. Well, the heterogeneity uh, of the laicità principle within uh, the Italian jurisprudence will be now discussed by uh, my colleague uh, in relation to the display of the crucifix uh, in public school. And I leave him. Okay. Thank you, Jadia. Thank you all for having me here in Lund. Uh, well, 
In this part, we want to try to explore the Italian peculiarity, investigating the judicial battle on the display of crucifix in the public school. We need to bear in mind two premises in order to better understand the case law we are going to discuss. First, as Giada remember us, the public display of crucifix was established in Italy since its very origin in a period of time that was defined uh, with the political battle between Italian state and the Catholic Church. And the king used the historical and cultural meaning of the crucifix to unify the nation, to unify the people within the nation. Second, after the enactment of the 1948 Constitution, Italy became a non-confessional state. And that enactment raised several questions to legal scholars. Uh, for our case of study, the crucifix display in state classroom, two are the general legal questions we have to address. First, does the crucifix display violate the constitutional value of equality? Article 3 and freedom of religion, Article 19, of the people that do not believe in Christianity. And second, does those symbols in public schools violate the Italian constitutional principle of laicità, the secularity? Well, these two questions, uh, alongside these two questions, there are two legal coordinates you have to bear in mind in order to better understand the case law we are going to discuss. There is that on general level, to answer the question, we have to address first the judicial interpretation of the Lysita principle that, as Giada expressed before, it was not clear in the case law of our constitutional court. And second, we have to understand the judicial under we have to bear in mind the judicial understanding of the crucifix as religious or as historical symbols. Because from that two coordinate depends the outcome of the case law. There are a lot of case law on crucifix in Italy. We don't have here the time to, to properly solve all this case law. We just want to uh, to, to, to analyze two rulings that have two very different outcomes. And uh, that two different outcomes explain the, 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 the problem of the Italian peculiarity within the modernity, in, in our view. The first case is the so-called Adel Smith case was decided in 2003 by the civil court for us Tribunale Civile. The case was raised by Adel Smith. Adel Smith was an Italian guy that was born in Egypt with an Italian father and an Egyptian mother. He lived in Italy and became a very important leader of a Muslim community. But the Smith's son attended an Italian public school in Ofena near L'Aquila. And in 2003, Smith asked the school board to remove the crucifix displayed in his son's classroom. After the denial, he sued the school in court, raising basically these two questions. Does the Lysita principle grant 
to non-Catholics the right to remove religious symbols from their classroom? And second, could a Muslim student have his or her religious symbol displayed in his or her classroom? Well, bear in mind the two legal coordinates because the judge solved the case using the, 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 the licensed principle and the meaning of the crucifix in, in the school. Uh, first, the court ruled in favor of the applicant, saying that on the licita principle, that this principle established the neutrality of the public school. That means that the state cannot endorse a particular religion because religion is a matter of private place. And second, the school board has the duty to remove all the religious symbols from the classroom wall. This second argument answers also to the second question Smith raised because he asked also if he can put an, an Islamic symbol on the wall of the classroom of his son. And I don't remember if it was daughter, male or female, but his, his children. Second, the, the, the civil court addressed the problem of the crucifix meaning, saying that crucifix is not a cultural, traditional symbol of Italy, because first, it is a clear endorsement of Catholic faith. Its display is a clear endorsement of Catholic faith, and second, Italy is not, in 2003, is not a Catholic society anymore. So the crucifix on the wall could not represent the pupils and the Italian as whole. We are a pluralistic society, we, we share many religions, and, and so on. For that reason, the civil court concludes that the crucifix showed an equivocal desire by the state when it comes to public education, to place the Catholic religion at the center of the universe in this regard for other religions. And for that reason, he ruled, the, 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 the judge ruled in favor of the, uh, of the applicant at the, and the crucifix was took off the, the, the class. Please bear in mind that we have to to important outcome of this judgment. The first one that uh, the ruling of the judge inflamed the public debate in Italy and was highly contested by the majority of Italian people. And second, this decision was overruled by the Court of Appeal for procedural reason. And since we don't, I don't think you need to know the, the civil procedure of Italy, we can skip that part. Bear in mind that this uh, case was overruled for procedural reason. Let's move on on the second case. That's a very famous case also in Europe because it's how come it was decided also by the European Court of Human Rights. But we will arrive to that later. The second case is the so-called Lauzi case. Sorry, Lauzi was an Italian atheist. In 2006, she asked the board 
of the public school Vittorino Feltre near, in, in a little village near Padova to, to remove all the crucifix from her children's classrooms. The school board denied Laozi Su the school because that's the two legal argument Laozi uh, took before the court. The principle of laicita would preclude display of the crucifix and other religious symbols in school classrooms. Second, the display of those symbols is a clear violation of the parity, equality, that must be guaranteed to all religion and also non-religion belief. So, uh, the crucifix was against the Lysita principle, but also equality and the, the religious liberty on non-believers. Again, the two uh, legal coordinates. On the Lysita principle, they are, this one is an administrative court, not a civil uh, tribunal, as in the Smith case. Uh, administrative judge uh, took a very different legal path comparing to the Smith case and say, on the Lysita principle, they say that the Lysita principle must be understood looking at the historical legal tradition. Uh, here, the, 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 the administrative judges uh, explain very well the difference between establishment clause, the French laicite, the laicita, all the different uh, perspective and legal tradition that are um, shared in Europe but in all the world in order to solve the problem of the relationship between state and church. And then the, at the very end, the, the administrative judge say that uh, secularity is an important legal heritage shared by many Western democracy, all the Western de democracy, but uh, the principle is unfolded in many different ways and you have to look at the historical legal tradition in order to better understand the, the real legal meaning of, of uh, each uh, principle. At the very end of this argument, the administrative court say, without the identification of the specific condition of the use, the principle of laicita would remain confined to the ideological dispute and would be used only with difficult in, ju in juridical situation. To, to, to solve our problem, in other words, it is necessary to examine how Christianity, and I mean our problem in Italy, it is necessary to examine how Christianity is placed with respect to certain legal values, liberty of religion, equality and so on, protected by the Republican Constitution. Second legal coordinate, the crucifix meaning. The administrative court argued that the crucifix have multiple meaning. And uh, in order to understand the meaning of the crucifix put in the Lao classroom, 
we need to examine um, in, 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 we need to to look and where it, 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 it was put basically uh, the right interpretation of symbol depends on the place in which they are they have been displayed and according to judge in a church on a worship place the crucifix is clearly a religious symbol but an Italian school because of our history, because of our peculiarity, uh, on a place of education, this symbol is able to represent the traditional value and the roots of Italian history. For all that reason, the crucifix could be displayed in public school, and the administrative judges argue that in Italy, the crucifix can express precisely from a symbolic point of view, but also in a adequate way, the religious origin of the values of tolerance, reciprocal respect, human solidarity, denial of every discrimination, and so on, that connote the Italian civilization, but also the Italian constitution. The Italian crucifix in the wall, because of its history, is in compliance with the value of our constitution. Let's recap for a moment the two solutions offered by different judges. In the Smith case, the Lysista was interpreted as strict neutrality. No religion in public space. Religion is a matter of private place. In Laozi's case, the laicita was favor religionis, the, the, the original meaning of uh, what the, our, our constitutional court say and Jada explain. Uh, laicita favor religionis mean that the Italian state is, fav fa is favorable to the uh, public expression of religion in public stage. On the, on the crucifix, for the Smith case, the crucifix was just a religion, strictly a religious symbol. For the Lazi case, or for the Lazi judges, the crucifix was an historical and cultural symbol of Italy. But we, if we look at this recap and bring us together, it, in my view, in our view, raises a double paradox because it's easy to understand that a crucifix is not just a religious symbol, is not just an historical symbol. In the symbol itself, he embraces, the symbol itself embraces both these meanings and maybe many others. Uh, so, that's bring and produce this, the double paradox we are talking about because uh, in order to display the crucifix, we need to hide its religious meaning. In order to remove it, we need to forget its historical role. So, if you are atheist, you have to push on the religious meaning of the crucifix, even if you don't believe in, in Christianity. If you are maybe Catholic, you have to hide the religious meaning of the crucifix, even if, because you're Catholic, is, part in, is an important part of your life. 
And that is in some way paradoxical. paradoxical. Let's put aside for a moment this double paradox and let's go back to the Lao Tzu case. Of course, Sila Lao Tzu was not pleased by the judgment of the Italian administrative court and for that reason decided to appeal to the European Court of Human Rights. Uh, Lao Tzu versus Italy was, was decided by the European Court in two different rulings and uh, became a landmark decision, highly studied and debated by scholars all over the world. Uh, the case uh, was decided by the second session of the European Court uh, and the judgment in, that, in 2009. And in that case, the judgment was in favor of the appellant. And, but then the decision was appealed and reversed by the Great Chamber in 2009. 11. We have no time to address all the issue of the Lao Tzu case. Uh, we just want here to reshape the two questions we went in, uh, about the crucifix in the European perspective. And so the question right now, the legal question we have to bear in mind in order to understand the Lao Tzu case are, does the historical relationship, the Italian peculiarity between Catholic Church and Italian state into the public school violate the European conventional standards? The secularity that is shared by all the European state and was in some part also an important principle of the European Convention of Human Rights. And the second question is, does the crucifix display clash with the religion and education liberty established by European Human Rights Convention? Well, uh, remember we are talking just, we are talking about just the second ruling, the Grand Chamber ruling, the definitive ruling. On the first issue, the court, uh, uh, think that the Italian peculiarity is in compliance with the European Convention standard. That's the quote of the court. The court must, moreover, take into account that the fact that Europe is marked by a great diversity between states of, uh, of which it composed, particularly in the sphere of cultural and historical development. The decision whether or not to perpetuate a tradition falls in principle within the marginal appreciation of the respondent state. Italy has the discretion to perpetuate his tradition of, on, of the crucifix on general level because we have very different tradition in Europe especially when we uh, look at the relationship between religion and tradition in European state. In England, for example, the church of state is also the church of the, the, the sorry, the, the, the head of the state is the head of, is also, the queen is also the head of the church. Second, Let's uh, 
look at the crucifix. The European Court established and recognized an important uh, legal idea, in my view, because recognized that the crucifix could be seen as religious, but also as cultural symbol. So in some way, the European judges are solving the double paradox we are raised before. But, and that's an important part, because of the duty of the European judges that are guardian of the European uh, rights and liberty, they decide to investigate the meaning of the crucifix only on the religious ground. So for the European Court of Human Rights, the crucifix is a religious symbol and they ruling, they are ruling in this case law, looking at the Italian crucifix as religious symbol. On other hand, the uh, European judges investigate the concrete harm that such religious symbol could provoke to applicant rights within the Italian educational context as all. Well. And from this perspective, they conclude that, first, the crucifix is a passive symbol because its influence is not comparable on that, on, to that on uh, didactic space or participation in religious activities. Second, crucifix display is not related in Italy with mandatory behaviors, and so it's not associated with compulsory teaching about Christianity. And third, and perhaps most important, the European Court looks at uh, the educational, Italian educational system as a whole, concluding that the Italian school embraces in some other ways religious pluralism. For example, in the Italian school, it was not forbidden for pupils to wear Islamic hairscape, or, or the beginning at the end of Ramadan was often celebrate, celebrate and so on. So uh, in, in, because the crucifix is a passive symbol, and because the Italian school embrace other symbols in their classroom, the crucifix can stay in, in the Italian class. And uh, the historical display of this symbol in our school uh, was not, uh, does not infringe the European Convention right. And this brings us also to the conclusion, but for that I leave the floor to Giada. Just a few minutes. Uh, what can we learn from the crucifix case law? Two brief remarks. Currently, uh, Italy is not only a non-confessional state, but it is also a, a secular state. 40% of the population do not use to go to the church, and in many cases uh, the crucifix uh, is not displayed in the classroom, <coughs> and nobody noticed that. But the Catholic <coughs> roots survived somehow within the Italian culture. Indeed, uh, the Italian peculiarity that this tendency uh, toward a February journeys and its Catholic roots uh, does not emerge uniquely in our constitutional uh, framework, 
but also in many aspects of the public life. For example, we have religious feast days, procession in the honor of the town's patron, benediction of public buildings. In this uh, uh, image you can see the feast of Santa Agata in, uh, in Sicily, which is one of the most famous. It attracts millions of people uh, from all over the world. And uh, uh, I will send you um, our presentation if you go on this, on this link. You can see a promotional video of this feast saying that this is a, a cultural, historical, religious feast, all these things together. And even if the crucifix is not displayed in every classroom as the law prescribed, once the crucifix is present, Italians don't want it to be uh, removed from the wall. Uh, in this uh, article of journal, we have the, the notice that uh, after the Adele Smith judgment, uh, um, a major uh, put a big cross in the center uh, of the square of the city uh, as, a, as a reaction toward this, uh, uh, this judgment. Uh, of course, and this Italian peculiarity explains also why even a supranational court as the European Court of Human Rights uh, considered the display uh, of the crucifix in state school uh, coherent with the values of non-discrimination and pluralism. Of course, uh, this consideration of the Catholic roots uh, can, can be justified at the condition that uh, it doesn't allow the limitation of other religious uh, habits or belief, just to simplify. Uh, one thing is to permit to uh, display crucifix, a passive symbol, as, a, uh, as Luca said, on a wall. Another thing is to use the Catholic history and the Catholic roots of Italy, for example, to justify uh, the deny to uh, dress, uh, uh, to wear uh, a veil for a Muslim woman. This second case wouldn't be only against the principle of the pluralist and the secular state, but it also jeopardizes the Italian peculiarity itself that lastly is favor religionis and instead of neutralization of religion from the public.